podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm super, I'm soups dupes excited. Are you? So soups Are you now? So soupy doopy. Oh my god, like soups. Like, like, so do Like, soups excite. Like, soups excite. <laughs> v excite. VV excite, even. Um, that OMG. Those, oh my, OMG, I am so VV excite. Uh, to welcome everybody, today we have June Star, the sex worker. June. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. Um, I'm I'm just like uh, ecstatic. I get to have a conversation with you today. Uh, you're one of my you're one of my faves. I, I'm just gonna put oh that God. out there. You're one of my. Oh my faves. gosh! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, you are one of my dream duos. Uh, so if anybody feels like it, yeah. just go ahead and reach out. Uh, I'm uh, I'm down. Hundred percent. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Let's make make it happen. Feet. Make it happen, Captain. Uh, so I'm also actually very excited to be on this podcast as well. Yay! I'm so excited. So to thank have you for here. having me. Yeah, thank of course. You. Anytime, anytime. Honestly. Um, so maybe let's talk about so June Star, the sex worker. But as mm-hmm. we know, and I'm sure as the listeners probably are aware at this point, if you've been listening for a while, lots of different types of sex workers, right? So yeah. maybe what, tell us what kind of a sex worker you are. What, what kind of stuff do you get up to generally? Um, Generally, I like to indulge in what I term bed sport. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, like, you know, like when you're into like water polo or whatever, you're like, I'm into water sports or yep. like I'm into field sports. Well, I'm into bed sports. Bed sports. Uh, yeah, I like general bed sports. Um, I also really love helping clients make kinky adventures and fantasies come to life. I like that quite a lot. Um, I like to host people and I like to, and uh, I will occasionally go out to them, but there are different requirements for that. Um, Yeah, I kind of uh, spend time with folks and we have a generally good time. Lovely. I like this thing yeah. you brought up. I don't think we've really talked about like the in call versus out call versus working for, you know, maybe a collective where there is spaces yes. available and stuff like this. Maybe this is a good topic to kind of start on. How right. did you so, how did you like make the choice of like where you're going to do your work and, and uh, how does um, that look for you? Right. So these are excellent questions. Uh, I started <laughs> I started working in New Brunswick. And my thought was, I don't know what I'm doing, and I know I'm going to move to Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start here in New Brunswick, where, frankly, the stakes are lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I'm going to make mistakes. So I'm going to make them here, and then I'm going to move to Toronto. Yeah, in the small pool, uh, I'll make my, my mistakes. Yes, and then also, like, kind of a tighter-knit community, uh, mm-hmm. just because there's fewer people. Uh So I was like, yeah, this is a good starting point. And since I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to join an agency and I will have somebody who will know how to get clients and bring them to me. And I know that they take a cut, but they're also going to be doing the, um, the screening for me and they're going to be providing the space for me. So like they are doing a valuable service and I don't mind paying them for that. That sounds great. There were no agencies to be had. So (laughs) I was going to say, I'm like, was there? I'll wait, I'll wait for the reveal. (laughs) There were no agencies to be had. That is how I decided to do in-calls. Great. Yeah. Uh, and so what is an in-call? What is an out-call? Yeah. An in-call is where you call in to me and I host you. And an out-call is where I call out to you and you host me. And generally for sex workers, it is for sex workers who are kind of like 
doing your general bed sport and whatnot. It's safer to do an in-call for a number of reasons. If I, for example, go to a hotel and I rent a room, my name is now attached to the room. And so I can call security and say, there is an unwanted guest in my room, can you please call security? Uh, and my name is on the room, and so they will. Versus if somebody else's name is on the room and things get sketchy, I can't really do that. Mm -hmm. I also can control the number of people in the room if I get there first. Mm -hmm. Um, I can control whether like a hidden camera has been set up first. Ooh, yes. uh, they, the client doesn't see the method of transportation I use to arrive. They don't see the direction from which I arrive. Like all of this is very good for protecting myself. These yes. things are not going to be present when I call out to you. Instead, the client got there first. There could be another person in the room that they didn't tell me about. There could be a camera that they set up to record it, and I did not consent to being recorded. So this is very much a problem. Yes. Um, that is, in fact, taking sexual services from me without paying for it. That's stealing. Uh, and, in fact, I do sell uh, electronic content like that. I do sell videos and pictures. And so this is, again, stealing from me. So this is very problematic for me. Um, I also, and, and it could be doxing you depending on like, you know, depending on what goes down. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and so because of this reason, I personally require more screening to out call because I'm taking a bigger risk. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my, uh, your thoughts on 101. That. My, that's my, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, when most people are kind of thinking of where they're going to do their work, like as a, as a little baby, uh, you mm -hmm. know, starting mm -hmm. out in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people might think like, oh, in call is they come to my house, in call is they come to my condo. And that's not necessarily the case. Right. Sorry, but you got the perspective wrong. You got to turn it around. Yeah. That you're, you're really close, guys. So you had a 50-50. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing is that once I got into the industry a little bit and I got to be, I got a little bit more well connected, I started hearing about in-call spaces, which is where somebody has, well, in Toronto, the way that it's working for me is that somebody has rented or purchased a condo and then they will then rent it to providers by the hour. And so sometimes I'm able to host in a condo, which I really prefer. Uh, there's a kitchen which lends itself to wine, it lends itself to food, it lends itself to just putting your stuff somewhere, uh, and then not having a mess is very sexy. And it is, it yeah. is, like messes are very unsexy, and being tidy or at least not being able to see the mess is much sexier. Yeah. Uh, and like food can be sexy, like drinking wine can be sexy. There's like a couch where you can pretend that you're just hanging out for a little bit. Like if you need to like be like, oh no, I didn't come here to just like fucking bang. Yeah. Uh, right. And some people really would prefer to talk and connect and make more of an intimate social or more of a relationship connection before they head to bed. And so there's plenty of spaces to do that. There's like nice, like the, the textures have been thought of, so on and so forth. Where in a hotel, like, it's a hotel. Yeah. Can I ask, um, did you ever, uh, were you ever considering or do you ever consider um, being a sex worker working in a hotel of like safety surrounding that of like, because they don't want people, sex workers working in their hotels, most hotels, right? And some actively like police that. Was that ever a thing that um, you were considering or you actively considering? Yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, especially when I was working back east, we had a really great, uh, we had a really great board, mm -hmm. and it, you had to say something nice. You weren't allowed to leave a negative review. You, <laughs> I like that. You were only, if you didn't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And there was places, <laughs> really, that's what it said at the very top, and it was called Lila. Unfortunately, it's no longer doing as well. It's kind of a shadow of its former self. Uh, 
But at the time, there was a place for providers to talk to each other. And we could say, all right, don't go to these hotels. Or these hotels are key carded. Or these hotels aren't key carded. And so we helped each other be like, all right, this is how we're going to not mess it up for everybody else, guys. This is, we're all going to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. What's Uh, the significance of key card versus no key card? Uh, If a gentleman caller were to come to my hotel and they wanted to come directly to my room, they would have to pray that the elevator works without a key. Gotcha. Without a key card. But if there is a key card, then I need to come down and fetch them. And I need to be able to catch their eye without catching the front desk's eye. And that is a very fine line. So I really prefer the hotels that do not have key cards. Now that I'm in Toronto, I really have found that in the bigger city, people don't really care. Not as much. Especially because I am, I come from a lot of class and privilege and it really protects me. And so when I go to check in, I look like a Karen. Mm -hmm. Right. I do, I do my very best to look like I'm probably going to make your life difficult if you cross me. And I, and I behave so nicely. I behave so nicely. I always say, please. And thank you. Like, take your time. Like, I know for a fact, you're not being paid enough to do this job. So like, do like, take your time. I'm not in a rush. I got here in plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, and I really feel like people know what I'm doing. Like, huh? So this person like showed up looking really good. They checked in and then they left. Yeah. Like, I really feel like they know what I'm doing, but I'm also playing by the rules. Like, I'm not making a scene. Yeah. I'm not making any noise. I'm not leaving a mess. Uh, and I do my best to tip housekeeping as well. So these are some things that I do to protect myself, honestly, is just put my class and privilege to work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's not something that everybody gets to do. And I am aware that I'm extraordinarily lucky and in that regard. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. Yeah, I am extraordinarily lucky. Yeah, because like, let's face it, most sex workers, like, like the sex worker community in general is made up of mostly marginalized folks. So it's like, right, yeah, us as white people, um, white able-bodied cis people. Um, yes. We have and more I, access to like, say, working out of a hotel. We uh, really do. Than other and I might. present as straight I present as someone with a university education. I speak like I'm from a certain class and like I have a certain level of of education. Uh, I dress in a certain way that conveys like a certain amount of attention to detail and like I will notice things and like I have a lot of privilege that I'm putting to work for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, What's the ideal kind of uh, place to call Um, for you and why. Can you talk about that a bit? Uh, For me, the ideal is a condo. Okay. Uh, Because I feel more relaxed in a condo, I feel better able to host somebody and cater to their desires in a condo, which I find to be more um, adaptable Mm -hmm. and more ready for just about anything. Um, and is a ho- this a condo that's like hosted by say somebody, you know, someone in a collective that knows what you're doing or, uh, a friend right. or a, a so colleague? The space that, yes. The space that I'm working out of, I am communicating with somebody who is aware of what I'm doing. Great. Um, and again, I got very lucky with that, uh, especially because I don't know if the general public is super aware, but it's really hard to get a mortgage if your if your source of income is sex work, yep. uh, right? So it's really hard for me to eventually save up enough money to buy a condo to then do the same thing to rent out to others. Uh, it's really ideal for me that somebody knows what I'm doing and is renting it to me at a price that I can afford. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Yes. Yeah. Um... Oh, what is this? Oh, how about like if someone's considering an Airbnb situation to like go to an Airbnb to do their sex work? Is that an option at all? Um, I don't see why it wouldn't be an option. It's not one that I have tried, partly because of where I am. And uh, I find I have found that 
the Airbnbs are roughly the same as the hotels these days uh, in terms of price. And I know that hotels are working for me. I've also stayed in so many Airbnbs where the bed is not acceptable. Like three in a row where like, it was like this super cute lofty place and like the bed was, I swear to God, held together with matchsticks. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I guess, uh, can I direct you to the couch? Um, oh no. May I draw your attention over here? Uh, and then another one where it was a queen mattress and if you were sleeping on it, it was absolutely fine. But if you, but the bed frame did not extend to the end of the mattress. And so if you sat down on the end of it, the whole thing flipped. And Seems oh my like gosh, a safety may, hazard. may I please draw your attention to the couch? Oh my gosh. <laughs> great. Um, great. Fantastic. Ideal. Uh, ideal. So I can count on the beds in hotels. Gotcha. Also, um, that is, that is my prejudice against Airbnbs is like, I can't count on the bed. Yeah. Um, and also like sometimes people will make like this, like, you know, this like quaint old fashioned cottage with this like gigantic wooden headboard that's gonna slam against the wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, again, discretion is key, so. Again, like. Maybe not. Let's be real. Hot like, hotels know what you're doing there. They don't know if you're getting paid or not, but they know what you're doing there. Yes. You know, like. Important. Come stuff. on. Yeah. 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 Another thing with working with hotels that I am grateful for in the bigger city is that there are more to choose from. So I don't have to check into the same one yes. at like 2 PM on a Wednesday every week. Yes. Very right? important. Like, I think yeah. I, again, I'm very lucky to live where I have access to more than one hotel that will meet my needs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've definitely had that moment where I've had, uh, yeah. Drinks with, different clients and had the same server and I'm like oh lord oh boy hi hi, <laughs> hi for hi. the first tell, time um, tell you what give you a big tip I, we've never met yeah exactly and here's a fantastic <laughs> tip uh, can you um, just for a moment talk about the screening that you do uh, you mentioned right. like when you're you know when you join an agency or collective or whatever they'll do the admin they'll do the screening so you not being able to go with an agency right away so what did you kind of do then now that you had to do it yourself um, well what I did was I went on reddit and I went to our sex workers only yeah and I didn't ask any questions because there's a lot of material there already. They have answered a lot of my questions already. Uh, so I just kind of went through it and I was like, well, what are folks doing? Um, and so at first I required IDs from everybody. Uh, and then I started to find that I simply wasn't making enough money. And I realized that I was going to have to get more regulars before I could start requiring that because it, was it just a wasn't working. It was a barrier. For it absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah, people didn't want to send their IDs. And I get it, for sure. On the other hand, this is an inherently dangerous uh, industry and yeah. I have to protect myself. The Green River Killer targeted sex workers. It's not unreasonable for me to ask for your ID. Nor is it unreasonable for you to refuse. We simply don't match in that way. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the thing of, like, the client is wanting anonymity, right? Absolutely. Um, but, however, the sex worker is not wanting to be killed. Like, literally witches more, <laughs> more literally. important. But you do you. Yeah. But, but I get it. And you're, unfortunately, we don't match and you're going to have to keep looking. And uh, other, other sex workers screen in different ways, right? So it literally correct. is just like, yeah, find someone else and you will find someone else because we yeah. all screen differently. Dependent. We all screen differently. Yeah. Again, on like our privilege um, yeah. is, you know, that thing of uh, screening being a barrier is real. It is. So it's like, can you afford to have people refuse? Uh, so that you can have the uh, security Extra of having safety. their ID. Yeah, the safety. Right. Like, that's a right. choice you make, right? So that's another right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, another way that I screen is that I don't respond after 9 p.m. Mm. Um, I firstly, Talk about that. I'm, I'm yeah. not really a lady of the night. I'm more of a lady of the afternoon, early evening. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not a night owl at all. And after 9 p.m., I'm like, I'm so sorry. I really can't focus on you. I need to go to bed. Yeah. Um, like, I'm sorry. I, I like maybe my body is able to stay up, but my mind went to sleep long ago. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, I will meet people very early in the morning. That's fine. I but... don't do that either, unfortunately. <laughs> you gotta get me at the early afternoon to early <laughs> yeah. window. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, a lot of people tend to choose to become intoxicated in the, in the dark, in the nighttime. Um, and so I tend to get a lot of, well, no, I tend to respond to the text messages that I get at 4 a.m. saying, hey, bae, bae, you, you up, up bail? Uh, and my response, my response is, uh, you know, the next morning. And I'm like, oh, hi, thank you so much for taking the time to reach out. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? They do not respond. <laughs> no, they, when you give them the customer service voice, <laughs> the like, immediate body like, killer. Immediately, uh, no. Immediate no. <laughs> immediate no. Um, but it does help to reduce the number of intoxicated clients that I get um, simply by not being available when most people choose to become intoxicated. Um, yeah. I also, that is my standard opening line. And there's actually a really important key in there, which is that I ask them a question and it doesn't matter if they ask me a question first, I'm going to ask them a question and they have to answer my question first before we can move on. Okay. What, what kind of question do you mean? It's with whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? Okay. And there you go. if yeah. you, yeah. And Can't if even you do say, that much. Can you do that? Honestly, and sometimes people's first language is not English. And so sure. I am happy to rephrase that to say, uh, what is your name? And if they continue to say, what are your rates? What do you look like? Send me your website, then eh, blocked. Yeah. But if they can answer the question, then okay. That means that we, that you see me with a certain amount of respect and you also understand the way that I'm going to operate, at least on the barest level, which yeah. is that we have not negotiated a thing yet and you need to answer my questions. Yeah, uh, I, um, I like this because I don't think people usually think of stuff like this as screening tactics, um, right. but it, they for sure are. Um, like for screening, 100%. people usually think of like, yeah, getting ID, getting a deposit, whatever, whatever it's going to be, uh, references, stuff like that. It's like, these are the small kind of cues that we want to be paying attention to for our safety and our right. comfortability, right? Like little right. stuff like this. Like if I ask you a question, are you going to answer it? Or are you going to be dirty, trying to dirty sex to be dirty sexed? That's redundant. But you know what I mean? Like, are you going to yeah. not even hear me and not recognizing that I am the person in charge here. Like you are a client right. approaching me. I'm the person that tells you when, where, and how high, you know? <laughs> exactly. And like, not even in a BDSM context, like, no dude, this is like going to the dentist and demanding that they fix your teeth. That's not how it works. That's not how jobs them. work. <laughs> right. You don't go to the dentist and demand, you go to the dentist and you say, my tooth is fucked. Do you have time? Yeah. Can you please help me? You go um, to the restaurant and the restaurant person says, hi, how are you today? Can I get you a drink? And, and you, you say answer yes the question. or no. You answer the fucking question. <laughs> and you answer the question. Exactly. Do you think that you are going to be in control of this entire situation? Because that's immediately dangerous for me. Yeah. Red flag right there. Red flag. I like so, yep. um, absolutely. The first three text messages are a test. 100%. Super important. Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. important. Um, and so that's part of the screening as well. Um, and then just how do we communicate? How do we respond is a lot of it. Um, and I wish that I had more uh, robust screening processes in place at the moment, mm -hmm. but I uh, have not gotten there yet. That's um, fair. I oh, do... is it that thing of like it being a barrier and you wanting the right? It is like a thing that of thing being a barrier. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Another thing that I can do is I do require deposits 
Um, and that is for business reasons. Like, I'm not going to go rent a hotel room for somebody who no call, no shows. Exactly. Um, then you're out. I used, I used, before I required deposits, I used to get a lot of, sorry, my grandma died. Um, and I, I required deposits for your nan, really. It's not happened once since I started requiring deposits. So it's for your nan, really, that I'm doing this. <laughs> my grandma just died. <laughs> cool. Nan, um, hasn't, nan hasn't had a single injury since this happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People are so weird. I know. I know. But also in Canada, you have to send the deposit early, so beforehand. And so in Canada, you can e-transfer from your email. And that is enough to go to a lawyer with. If you have their email, they can legally be contacted okay. via the email. Fabulous. So getting the e-transfer is actually really important. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah. So there's that as well. It does make it unfortunate with American clients who are in Canada and they don't have a Canadian uh, bank account. Yeah. And so what they want do? to, well, they want to send Amazon gift cards. Well, no. unfortunately, <laughs> Amazon.com and Amazon.ca are not compatible. Amazon.ca doesn't sell Amazon gift cards. So unfortunately, that doesn't work. Um, they, the next suggestion is usually PayPal. Um, and that is notoriously unreliable for sex workers. Yes. They'll seize uh, your money literally at the drop of a hat. Like, right away. So, unfortunately, for a lot of American clients, it tends to be really tricky. Um, if they can figure out a way to get the deposit to me, that's great. Otherwise, or... Especially, actually, with American clients, I do require different screening protocols for alcohol clients. Okay. Alcohol clients 100% have to send their ID because I am going to your space. Yeah, there's uh, a bit of a power imbalance there, power dynamic at play when I'm on your turf suddenly, so that requires more screening. Yep. Exactly. As described earlier, it's more dangerous to do an alcohol. Yep. Um, so for American clients, sometimes I will just accept their ID because that's also enough to legally prosecute them. Uh, and then they can pay the whole when I get there, but it's because they are out calling me. Okay. If that makes sense, because I have their ID, then I'm like, okay, I have screened you via our conversation already. Yeah. And my gut says yes. Yeah. So important to pay I'm attention go to with, important to pay attention to. So I am going to go with ID. Cool. Um, but if it's an in-call situation, it's very rare that I will make that exception. Yeah, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Um, and that's my screening. And unfortunately, I wish it were more robust. I have heard about uh, people who offer screening services oh. where I go ahead and uh, get it. the work. <laughs> yeah, I get the work and wow. then they will do the screening for me. Um, but I am not sure that I am in a position to be able to afford it yet, but that sounds like a dream. Yeah, it certainly does. And that's, yeah, again, that's kind of a bit of a barrier for if you're again, not... Again, it's a bit of a barrier, yeah. Yeah. For, if you're not exactly flush at the moment. Yeah, but that is yeah. a lovely thing to have available at some point if you choose to use it, yeah. Right. I know Ritual right. Chamber, um, one thing they do because they do all my screening for me. So it's kind of like, you know, we're a little collective there. They do a lot of my admin and screening. And I know for touring, I'm not suggesting this to you, by the way. It's just so people are aware of, like, another option. Um, oh. We have a lot of people that, like, you know, are traveling from wherever in the world. And, yeah, e-transfer is not a thing, right? Um, yeah. So what she does, because we do have like this static space that we all use, the ritual chamber, mm. uh, she will, you know, meet them if they want to bring over cash the day before or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. To do, gotcha. to give that deposit that way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, it uh, might be, but it also might be telling them where the space is early and maybe they might be annoying with... Who knows if a dangerous, a dangerous person might just show up at that space then like later on that night or something and be weird. Right. So um, also people will try to get around, uh, sending a deposit or an ID mm -hmm. by meeting in public and mm -hmm. psychopaths can pass as normal folks. 
Yeah, yeah, right. If you're using that as part of the screening of like, oh, they seem like a normal person, so I'm cool with that rather than taking their idea or, or ID or deposit. Right. Yeah, right. it's like, well... Um, and I'm a big old weirdo. So, uh... <laughs> I, mean, I same. like so like I give people a lot of benefit of the doubt as well like if they're a weirdo I'm like oh yeah for sure me too yeah uh so I don't really trust myself to just go with that for screening that's tough because like yeah I um a lot of my clients have like invisible dis invisible disabilities and like like yeah I specifically see a lot of people who are like on the autism spectrum so it's like mm -hmm. It can be hard to tell if they're like being weird, creepy weird, or if they're just, you know, or if they're just thinking differently. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's just a lot of other reasons for the their behavior. Um, right. To never assume, you know. But yeah, right. there. Exactly. Again, it's like a privilege to be able to screen in a certain way. So if that's the way you need to do it, just meet them in person and judge the vibe. Um, well then power to you like everybody well, has to decide their own screening yeah their own screening uh, we no are judgment all whatsoever none yeah. we are all freelancers we're all running our businesses the way that we're gonna run them and the way that works for us so uh, this is the screening that works for me at the moment yep. and there we go Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. This episode is also brought to you by Club M4. Now, Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA, and it is located at 1989 Dundas Street East. This month, what they want you to know is they are at the Everything to Do with Sex show, and they're not only there in general, they are there somewhere very specific because they are sponsoring the dungeon. So head on down to the Everything to Do with Sex show and say hi to the lovely folks at Club M4. Or if you want to follow them virtually, you can do so on Instagram at clubm4.toronto or at clubm4events. Only when I worked with an agency did I ever have a client that I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Okay. Uh, and my experience with the agency was overall positive experience. Uh, but only with when I was not the one personally doing the screening mm -hmm. did I ever get a client that I was like, I don't like this vibe. Um, and they were just, uh, they kind of thought they were God's gift to women. And I was like, you're not... So, you're. <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> is the thing. But you're not. You um, not. <laughs> yeah. So my my experience with the agency it makes me so politically angry uh, because legally I was trafficked when I approached the agency and asked them to join them. I became trafficked. When I knew precisely what I was doing, I knew exactly how much of a cut they were going to take. I knew what they were going to offer me. It was run by other people actively in the industry. I was legally trafficked. And that just makes me so angry. Yeah. And you're an autonomous and, adult, you know. And I, I wasn't like tricked into doing anything. I literally approached them yeah. and asked to join. Uh, and then when it didn't suit me anymore, I said, I'd like to leave. And they said, we wish you the best. There you go. Right. Like I definitely was not trafficked, but I meet the legal definition and it just makes me so angry. Uh, so that, I just wanted to say that. Thanks for listening. Those yes. are my thoughts. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. <laughs> and we thank you for them. Um, yes. Yeah. I think that can be, uh, speaking of like somebody else doing your screening that can be a thing <clears throat> that yeah. uh 
you know, a, a pro or a con of getting someone else to do your screening and admin for you. It's like if you do it yourself, a pro could be that the that you are getting a vibe while you're doing the screening, and then mm-hmm. that's also a part of the screening. You know, whereas somebody else mm-hmm. is doing it for you. It's like sure they may have gotten the person's ID, uh, whatever else they're asking the person to do, but then you know you're like, ooh, if I I maybe wouldn't have booked this person because I just have that that other sense you know on top of all this other kind of physical screening stuff that we're requiring it's like my gut though also like listen I am gonna get so angry at you that I'm not gonna have sex with you (laughs) brutal yeah no one that's not hot nobody (laughs) that's not hot that's not hot listen um I really suggest you find somebody else I don't think we're a match yeah yeah Someone asked me one time, they said, what is the worst part of being a sex worker? Ugh, that question, um, first of all. Yeah, and my, <laughs> my answer was obviously it's the accounting. Uh, Taxes. Duh. <laughs> Sucks. That's like, that is such a good response for that question. Thank you. Uh, and they were like, no, really, what is it? And I was like, no, really, it's the accounting. The, I'd say the admin. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how far behind I am on my accounting? I don't. It's a long time. Because uh, <laughs> I don't. Because I'm that cause far behind. <laughs> it's quite some time. Um, and they finally were like, okay, listen, you know what I'm trying to ask. Just answer the question. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. The worst part about being a sex worker for me, and this is not for everybody, um, I mostly see straight male clientele. Uh, I wish that I saw more queer men. That would be really fun. Or like more by men, that would be really nice. Um, and women, you are welcome to contact me. Please do. Yeah. Uh, but I mostly see straight men, and oftentimes they will say, "I just came from the shower," and I will say, "All right." And they put on the shorts they were already wearing, so it smell. And they guys don't wipe after they go pee, so their shorts smell like pee. So they got out of the shower and then they put on their shorts, their and now shorts. their dick smells and tastes like pee again. And I just like the worst or like when they come straight from the office and they're like, no, I'm clean. And I'm like, have you peed once since you put on those, those underwear? Probably. No. The answer go, is yes. Go, go, go take a shower. So uh, that I think is the worst part is that Hygiene. people expect you to get your face all up in this space that smells like pee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. So there we are. But you know what it did, though, is that it made me think, well, what is the best part about being a sex worker? And that yes. was a really hard question. Let's talk about that. Yes. I like I like that question way better. Yes. <laughs> By the way, your lead up to telling an actual, like, you know, the horror story that person was, like, fishing for, I was yeah. still believing that you were going to give a fun, a funny, like, it was a, a punchline. <laughs> I was, like, waiting for this punchline <laughs> of, like, something else that was worse than taxes. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I was being genuine the first two times I answered it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, for real. Obviously, it's the accounting. <laughs> but, yes, let's talk about yes. okay, lovely so things. Yeah, please. And I'm not sure that I can really, there's so much about this job that I truly, truly love. I did not know that people were allowed to like their jobs this much. Um, I, like, I really thought that there was only, like, jobs that just weren't painful, like, tolerable. And then I got into this work and I was like, this is incredible. But, uh... So with that said, I couldn't come up with something that was my favorite, but something did happen to me very recently that is just way up there, like definitely tied for first, which is that I had a client come to me and they said that they were interested in pegging and they were new to kink. Mm -hmm. And so they asked me to be the dominant and dominating is not something I started doing until I got into the industry. So it's something that I have had to grow into, but this client and I connected so very well and it was such a gentle type of domination and it was such like an intimate like close emotional type of domination and like yeah like I also pegged him but like that was (laughs) whatever that's that's to the side uh but it was just that was good too (laughs) that that was great too that was also lovely uh but we with the connection that we had and their their bravery and their comfortableness to just bring down their barriers and 
ask for something that maybe the patriarchy says you're not supposed to be into. And let's be real, we don't exist in a vacuum. Okay. Uh, you know, like we, no matter what, you come to bed and we're still in the patriarchy. And so for them to be comfortable enough to ask for something that the patriarchy says they're not supposed to be into, and for them to be comfortable enough to thoroughly enjoy it and not be ashamed of it and just open up and relax and get the pleasure that they have been wanting for so long is so fulfilling to me to be able to give them something that it's really hard to get and I can help them get it and they afterwards are so happy and at peace with themselves and it like that is extremely rewarding for me um, yeah. to help others like find that like happiness and peace yeah I love that. I love, yeah, a reaction after a session that people are yes. like, just like, wow. I think this is my favorite part. Like those connections and mm -hmm. during the scenes, yes. Mm -hmm. But like, I love hearing after the scene of being like, that was fuck. I'm gonna tell everybody. I'm gonna tell all my friends. <laughs> like, right? I am exactly just over the moon about like why did I wait so long and like yes, exactly. I, I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed that. Or yeah, just these exactly. kind of realizing exactly. type moments for them after yes. of being like wow, <laughs> just wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love another that. like like something I was alluding to is that another one of my favorite things about sex work is that. I can create this space where people are comfortable enough to also experience the pleasure, mm -hmm. where they can be comfortable enough to let go of being in control for a little bit, to let go of being worried about what they look like, let go of being worried about like what somebody would think if they walked in right now and just experience the pleasure. Yeah, just be in your body and yes. allow yourself. Yeah, I think that's... Um, some this nuanced thing right um mm -hmm. of people that wouldn't do types of these types of activities like on hookups or dates or with partners right. or with their spouses that right. they would do with sex workers um because yes. it's this thing of like you know we're getting paid to just play out this fantasy um mm -hmm. you know to do this mm -hmm. thing that they might feel awkward, uncomfortable, shameful about if it was with someone in their life, you know, that's right. a non-professional, right? So it's like, right. I, I don't like that they don't have access to that in their personal lives. There's a lot, a lot to kind of trudge up there surrounding Cheers. why it's, Absolutely. why it's difficult to ask someone to peg you. Um, but, but that's a whole nother hour. It's a whole other podcast episode. However, you know, I, that's a thing of, um, there, they give themselves permission with us, you know, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm, do these mm -hmm. things and to have mm -hmm. access to that pleasure. Um, that's something really special that's different from like, yeah, the work we do and then like having sex in irregular lives and blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's something that happens really often with us that they're like, yeah. you know, it's like that thing almost of like, I know a lot of uh, men specifically, I'm like going to specifically say like men in my family who have like gone to don't talk to us about anything. Don't talk to anybody about anything. But the minute they like uh, pay a therapist to listen to them, they're like, uh -huh. oh, my God, feels so good. Finally gives them like the, the permission yes. to yes. be vulnerable, yes. to do all the things that they would like never do because patriarchy, you know, with people in their lives. You know what I mean? So it's right. that thing of like, I'm paying for it. So this is, you know, I'm going to get it like. Right. Um, that and sounded really weird in a weird consenting way. But like, I mean, no, not though. Not um, though. Like I'm paying for it. So I'm going to I'm going to. I'm receive gonna, what I paid for. Yeah, like I'm gonna really do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that paying for it brings equality in a different light. Like I think that there's a certain amount of equality when you are having sex with somebody else who is just like, yeah, let's bone, um, and you're not paying for it. There's a certain amount of equality there. But there's a different type of equality that comes when, especially within the context of a patriarchy, when a man has paid a woman, yeah he had to humble himself a little bit yeah. to the woman. He had to take his money and give it to her in order for her to have sex with him. Mm -hmm. But he had to humble himself a little bit. But also, now it's a business transaction, and she is now a business person. Yeah. 
Yes. And, and she also fills this therapist role. And both of those are strangers who are not going to judge this man yeah. that I'm talking about in this scenario. And I think that those three things together are make it so that people can be more honest. And I've actually always said that this is the most honest profession I've ever been in. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Like people also know that they've only paid for an hour of my company and mm -hmm. we don't have time to pretend that I want something else. Like we yeah. don't have time for you to like, Oh, like suss it out in a cute, coy way. Like, listen, we don't have clocks a ticket. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the other part of that is like, gives you permission to like really experience pleasure without all that kind of stigma attached to it or worrying about those. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it's a high stakes situation, you know, asking mm. a loved one to do something with you that the, that fear of rejection potentially, right. It's like this thing but of it's like, not the same as a rando is a person that you no. love rejecting you. Yeah. Which is even harder to come out with that information, especially if you've been exactly. together a long time, for instance. So it's like, exactly the fact that you're, paying and hiring a business person as you said you know it's like mm -hmm. okay then I am in the client role and I'm doing this for me you know what I mean like not to right. say that the the sex worker isn't a person and people are not aren't to say that there's more than one person involved okay yeah. there is yeah, yeah 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 but like also it's like a client and customer service representative and you are there for you to exactly. you know what I mean so it's like exactly. maybe some of that performative stuff can fall away that you feel pressured yes. to do usually yes. so now you can we can actually get to getting some of that work done as like mm -hmm. really accessing mm -hmm. the pleasure and without all those attachments that we exactly. usually walk, walk around with. Yeah. It's, yeah. I agree. It's really nice. And then, uh, it's always super fun when you meet somebody who has taken the steps and like let down their guard and come into this pleasure in a wonderful way. And you can introduce them to something new and yeah. they realize that they like it. Love that. And I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like being yeah. able to, and I actually, I had a client that I introduced the Softlight system to, the Softlight system safe word, great. Uh, which is green means, yeah, that's great, keep going. Yellow means slow down or check in, depends on the context. And red means stop. Well, they texted me and they said, I'm so sorry, I'm not gonna be able to see you anymore. I'm in a relationship now. And I was like, oh, I'm thrilled for you. You wanted a relationship and you got one now and I'm thrilled for you. Yeah. And they said, and also thank you for the stoplight system. I used it on my new relationship and the sex is great. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, give them the tools, go forth. Yeah, yes. yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> Go forth into uh, the world and tell people. Go forth. That spread the there's... good news of the stoplight system. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that. I love doing that yeah. with couples personally. It's like, okay, mm. couples who are really new to kink and they're like, we don't even know where to start. We, we both have interests, but we're, we don't know how they line up and how to navigate this whole thing. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Let's have this be, you know, a session, like a scene, but also these yeah. educational elements of like, let's really show you both how to really communicate and for what yes. you really want. And let's talk about all the nuances of what you really want of like, yeah, yes. there's the activity, but also these, there's the intention. And also there's also your dynamic and your relationship that's layered yes. on this and like that can yes. be influencing all of this and like let's like really negotiate this I think that's the difference when mm -hmm. people couples are like yeah we you know we usually have we you know we fuck and we don't <laughs> really like we bone yeah we bone <laughs> but we usually don't talk too much about it so it's like um the difference I find is like, okay, let's do like a proper negotiation for this scene. Well, let's do talk about let's, it. Let's talk the most about it. And yes. then being like, have you ever heard her say that before? And he's like, no. And she's like, have you ever said that to him before? That's like your main, you know, core. That's what you want the most and you never said it? Yeah, you've never actually said it. And it's like, okay. I, I And I love that okay. they're like, I can't believe I've never said that. It's crazy. I assumed he knew it and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay. Yeah to me that's the biggest tool I can give people I'm like let's properly fucking negotiate the hell out of this scene mm -hmm. and our dynamic and mm -hmm. all of it yeah and being a kinky person myself and being into the kink community and kink culture where proper negotiation and discussion is so very common yeah and then meeting people 
in the civilian world who are like, mm, I've never talked about sex. And I'm like, well, yeah. well, let's get to it. I don't like to talk about it, you know. It makes are you me sure feel about that? Comfortable. <laughs> it you? makes me like I don't want to ruin the surprise. All these like little excuses for her. This is like, mm, you sure about that? You sure you don't like to talk about it? Let's try it. Yeah, let's just give it a shot. Yeah, have you ever actually tried, first of all, to talk it, about though? it? Yeah. Have you tried it? Have you yeah. tried telling somebody the things you want and then have them do the things and then you right. being like, wow, I got what I wanted? Have, have you, you tried that? What? <laughs> do you know what? I actually ran across somebody the other mm. day and I was flabbergasted. They, I've, We were talking about threesomes mm-hmm. and they said... I would love to do a threesome, but I don't want to bone a girl. So it was a girl, and she was partnered up with a man, and we were talking about threesomes, and she said, I don't want to do sex on a girl. And I said, well, you don't have to. You can just be the middle. And she was like, but that's not fair. Nobody would agree to that. And that was the end of the... And that was the end of the conversation, and I was just flabbergasted. I was like, hold on. Did you ask Hold on. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) hold on hold on hold on wait 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 there are people who would agree oh we're done okay okay i mm, okay so i have put a pin on this they don't know that i am going to circle back to this conversation yes yeah yes yes. i had this this reminds me of like i had a thing uh recently where they gave me like a vital piece of like information right before leaving like right near the end like right where aftercare and then just like a brief little chat we were having like a little debrief yeah. chat right before they went out the door yeah, and like the like last drop a bomb. yeah they dropped a bomb right before they left they're like oh yeah well i just uh need to be hard the whole time uh in a scene to feel comfortable okay bye and i was like wait um excuse me <laughs> wait no. back up Hold on. <laughs> back up. Back up. Can we unpack that, please? <laughs> oh, what? So we learned much, this at the end? <laughs> so much to unpack, yeah. And that was why he kind of, like, couldn't get into it. Because oh, the things we were doing the whole time weren't necessarily physically arousing to, like, meaning him having a boner. It's like, oh, wow. There are so many other ways to enjoy sex and kink. It's like, oh, my God. I, I could have talked his ear off for an hour about that. But I'm like, okay, yes. no no worries. We'll put a pin on that. We'll, we'll yeah. Well, okay. We'll, if you book me again. We'll That's the that. first thing we're talking about. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. But you know what I have actually found in the industry is that unfortunately that? there are some people with kind of like edge, edgy kinks, like edge play kinks, mm-hmm. and people will respond in a really negative way. And Providers uh, will I've respond? Heard. Yes. Providers will respond in a really negative way to people asking for really out there kinks. And I try really hard not to shame people for their kinks and so it just makes me really sad to hear this like I've heard like some people have approached me to ask about scat play and sometimes the fact of the matter is that somebody has asked me for something that I am not into and so my response is usually I'm afraid I'm not gonna be able to accommodate that but I wish you the best yeah and the response that I get from that is thank you for your kindness in your response and not freaking out. And I'm just like, who is doing this? Who's freaking out? Yeah. Who is freaking out at you for uh, like, this is unfortunately that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It's concerning, but I, you know what? That doesn't surprise me to hear. Yeah, It's that really that a sucks. shame. It is It's really a shame. Um, I mean, but, I've had people come to me, um, that like we, they fill out a form and they ask, want to ask me a couple questions in the email. So a couple of emails have gone back and forth at this point. And then it's like, okay, great. So I'll see you Wednesday. Really excited um, with what we kind of talked about here. And then they're like, one last thing. I'm so sorry. I just need to tell you that, um, that I'm a trans woman. Um, and I just want to make sure that that's uh, comfortable for you, that that's okay with you. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, yes of course i was like yeah no worries the great yeah for sure see you, like, again see you wednesday really excited with what you talked about like yeah. you know um and there and yeah and then the just this large response back at that being like you have no no idea how many uh times i've been refused uh a session or again yeah just come uh, like the response come back with uh is like just this kind of hostile 
response and I'm just like that made me so sad like are, are there yeah. really doms out here um saying no to people because they're trans and uh, you know there are and it's not surprising it's just fucking sad it's just so sad though it's sad man it's, yeah like and we I think we like to think of ourselves as providers as like oh yeah we want like to like super progressive and whatnot yeah yeah you know what I mean and it's like honestly the truth is that we're not we're actually just regular people and we have some work to do yeah, like maybe yeah. maybe you know our little kind of sex worker bubble friends are like you know really sex positive and really uh, queer and really like all all of these lovely progressive things. things. But, right. But there are people really enforcing gender roles out there. Like I even I, I I put out this tweet recently that was like I was fishing for strong responses. I was like. <laughs> just want to put this out here I wanted to do a poll I'm like people okay uh, this is regarding power dynamics and mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. uh, you know what's your gut reaction who should pay for everything the submissive or the dominant you know what I mean yes or right. no that's all I gave <laughs> these polls. right I saw kinda. that one actually <laughs> I saw that one and I was like I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole I was like I'm expecting a 50-50 split you know, and what'd you get? Um, I'm getting more of a, I'll tell you, I'll tell you it live. I think there's like two hours left, but I will tell you it live. But the um, responses are interesting, right? Because it's like a lot of people, most people are like, well, context uh, is everything yeah. because it can go context either way. Either, yeah. you know, I, any relationship can look, um, you know, any way, depending on mm -hmm. a million factors. And also paying for something can be dominant and also paying for something can be submissive. Like it's all this right? context, um, context int is key. intentionality stuff. Yes. So yes. all the comments were that, but there was a comment, like there were a couple comments of, uh, what I assume to be cis women, mm -hmm. um, freaking out at the suggestion that, they would pay for anything you know what i mean it's like oh, have mercy come up some of that but anyways the poll as it stands right now the dominant pays 36 percent are saying the dominant should pay for really? everything and 64 percent are saying the submissive should pay for everything really um, yeah and it, it's also an interesting question for gender roles right because yes. some of the comments were like well uh whether the female is the dominant or submissive, she shouldn't have to pay. Whether the man is dominant or submissive, he should always have to pay. It's like st weird splits like that too. Yeah. Um, so there, there, we do not exist in a vacuum. Not at all. Yeah. No. Uh, so actually, so my immediate gut reaction to that question was yeah, tell me. the dominant pays. The dominant right. pays. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That was it. Um, and then my second gut reaction was, no, I take that back. Whoever asks the other one out pays. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, like, hey, do you want to go for dinner? I'll pay. Like yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. If you invited, then that means you're treating. Right. And uh, for me, that's just kind of like how it should go. Like if I asked you on a date, I should probably pay, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then that kind of works regardless of the gender or genderlessness of the person that you are on a date with. So I find that one works well for me. Or even absent of power dynamics at all, you know. It's like right. just literally whoever asked the other person. Out. Never yeah. asked, right. Uh, but then I was like, oh my gosh, it's so contextual with the, with the submission and the domination. Like, it's so Added contextual. On. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I can, I can absolutely see someone, like the dominant mo pays most of the time, and then the submissive says, I want to give my dominant a gift. I'm going to pay this time. Would the dominant see it as a gift, or is paying literally part of the dynamic? Yeah, the caregiving. It's, I think, uh, oh... I'll, I'll read it because Augustina put it so well. Um, it's the... So Mistress uh, Augustina says, Raven Caldera makes a great distinction between, quote, celebrity doms, a.k.a. plan a date I like, then drive me there and pay for it, and, quote, parent doms, so like caregiver doms, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. I will make all the decisions and preparations and pay for it. It parallels service versus control-oriented, but I always right. like that reference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That is exactly. a way that this one thing can look, you know, so many different ways. It's like, well, what kind right. of a dom are you? <laughs> right. And what kind of submissive are you? And what and kind like, of submissive are you? Yeah. If you, like, what is controlled and what is not controlled? 
like I would never be able to have that work for me in a dynamic just because of who I am personally. Yeah. Um, and so like, what is being controlled? Especially like when you go out to eat, I have a thing, of, I have an eating disorder. And so like, I have a f complex feelings about food right. and the price of the food factors into that. So it would be really hard for me to do that. Right. And so there's, I guess That's I'm just circling huge, back to exactly what we're a saying. a huge nuance. Yeah, yeah. A huge right. nuance to I'm consider just, for you specifically. Yeah. Right. So like I'm just circling back that like it's all contextual. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It came up from like this um, a conversation I had recently about like this kind of uh, fin dom trend that's happening on Twitter. Yes. Um, and it was kind of like this old school domination take versus this like new trend thing that's happening of like old school doms would typically be like, uh, the stance of like, no, I'm paying for everything. I'm dominant. So I'm independently able to pay for all my shit. And it's like, versus this other kind of dominant take of like, I shouldn't have to pay for anything. Cause I'm a fucking goddess. I shouldn't have to lift a finger and a submissive should have to do all, all the work and pay for everything. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like just the conflict between these two ideas. Um, and it might be partially generational, but also just, it's very subjective, as we mentioned it's very many times over. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that we are seeing a genuine culture shift. And so it may be like generational, but it won't continue to be generational. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It may, it may cool. just be part of the culture shift. hundred percent. Yeah. Like capitalism looks so different just in the past couple of years since COVID, right? Good heavens. Yeah. Uh, actually. Like just in the man, public kind of miasma, you know, like it. I did. I entered the industry and learned so much more about capitalism than I ever did in university. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, entering the industry and becoming an independent business owner is what made me be like, Oh, we need more socialism in our lives. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, even for me, one, like my difference from like, um, my relationship with money and independent mm -hmm. uh surrounding my finances like in my 20s you know it was like i had to do everything on my own i would literally not take any fucking handouts ever especially right. from like my parents and like blah 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 blue so like i literally wanted to pay for it and that's my definition of success of success at the time right uh -huh. yes. um and then now you know going on 40 um i'm at the point of like one thing, my favorite thing about sex work is that I can price it really high and mm -hmm. I'm, and I can work less. Right. Um, whereas in my twenties, I would never choose work smarter over work harder. Always would choose work harder any day of the week. Um, and at this point I'm like, I really, um, relish being in this role of work smarter and like let the uh, let the minions do the work and getting paid what i'm fucking worth you know my yeah it's a high hourly and yeah i do a shit ton of admin that is all factored into that but like i feel really good about charging this high rate um, i do i agree paid. i agree yeah i someone asked me when i a good friend of mine i was talking about what i was doing and they said so like you still feel valued and i was like oh man more than I ever feel super valued yep. i feel like i could even like quantify it like with dollars how valued i feel yes yeah <laughs> same same yeah i feel like i could even quantify my value <laughs> i like that i like that <laughs> absolutely yes i feel valued um at the risk of going over time yeah. I am from out west. I'm from a farm town and mm. came with farmers work ethics and like a bunch of people who like, quote unquote, settled the west. And like, if you are not working your butt off from the moment you wake up until the yes. moment you pass out and go to sleep at night, you gonna die. Yeah, and yeah. this attitude <laughs> has continued and prevailed. And I, especially growing up, it, laziness was seen as a moral failing. Yes. And it was very easy to be lazy and one needed to be on constant lookout for laziness in oneself. Yes. And I, that was my household. Yes, exactly. Oh man. And yeah. like, I know it's so messed up, but, um, work will set you free actually made sense to me. Like, no work has value. Work is like how you like earn your place in the community. This yeah. makes a lot of sense. 
I since joined the industry and been like, what do you mean I have time? Yeah, I don't even know what to do with myself. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean I have time for art? What do you mean I have time to learn the guitar? What are you talking about? What do you mean I have time to get caught up on the dishes? Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, my house is clean. Why? My floor gets swept every single day. Are you serious? Yeah. Dang. I know. (laughs) And like, I'm actually finally living up to these like really high standards I set for myself. Like I need to be able to work. I need to be able to earn an income. I need to be able to keep a home. I need to be able to have have friends. I need to have have friends. I actually can do all of these things now that I'm just like charging higher by the hour and working Working fewer hours. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same. Uh, So that's another reason that it feels good. It's another reason why this industry really works for me. There you fucking have it. I think that's a great place to end. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Oh, it's been so nice. Honestly, you're welcome back anytime, June. Before you go, thank though, you. can you tell the folks where they can find and follow you if you wish them to do so and where they can, most importantly, book you? Yes. Well, I do have a Twitter. I am June, J-U-N-E, star, S-T-A-R-R. There's two of them. 18 <laughs> at on Twitter. Yep. So June star 18. Uh, you can find my website at junestar.com. Again, that's star with two R's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. My email is junestar65 at gmail.com. Uh, and I would love to hear from anybody who has any questions. Lovely. Okay. For yeah. me, people, I'm the most active on Twitter, so you can go on over to at the Lady Pim One. Uh, but if you must, go to Instagram. I'm at the Bedpost Podcast and at the Lady Pim. This podcast has a Patreon. It is the Bedpost Show. We also have a YouTube channel. It is also the Bedpost Show. And I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. She, of course, is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. June Star, this has been so fabulous. Thank you so been a much pleasure. for talking with me. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Yeah, total blast. And I hope everyone listening also had a blast. Uh, we will be right back here next week talking to another fun and sexy guest right here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, we'll get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>